Keeping you up to date with the latest SEO and web development news. With a little flavour added in. Well, let's have a little bit. Detroit style. The Trademark Productions weekly podcast radio show. Coming live from Detroit. Well, um, actually, Royal Oak. No one really lives in Detroit anymore. It's the Trademark Productions SEO podcast oh, radio show. welcome back. Not to be confused with Mosley Buffalo. <laughs> Um, apparently we, uh, went a little bit into this, but, uh, we had some major, uh, complications with all the high-end recording equipment that we do have. We had to flip the tape in the tape player in the box. <laughs> but, uh, we are back for the attack. And, um, I, I guess just kind of recapping going into the week that it's been, the New York State Attorney General put a big smackdown on a number of review sites and SEO agencies and services really hampering on the fact of fake reviews online, how are those being gamed, and how the, the, the consumer perception is really being falsified in so many different ways, participation levels that are happening at a, uh, a business level, but on a large corporate level as well. We're talking about Yelp. We're talking about TripAdvisor. We're talking about Angie's List, a number of online review sites. And so now... Amazon. Amazon. Amazon is the also other big one. And we have a unbelievably awesome test that is happening right now keep it on the DL please in the um, in the corporate headquarters of true review and trademark productions and that that story about Yelp has been picked up uh, I mean the one from the attorney general has been picked up everywhere and there was you know time USA magazine today. USA today talking about you know even estimating that 20% of uh, Yelp reviews are fake um, which well, some, that's what they came back to saying is is 80% good enough, which I thought was a great article. And this was an investor center. Um, the title of that article is, in, on dailyfinance.com, is is 80% good enough? Will Yelp ever be great again? So I guess you really have to think about that statement. As a consumer, if you're online looking to purchase something, maybe it's for your spouse, your, your, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your children. You're making a recommendation for a company purchase. And if you go on to a site and you're reading reviews, should you take in consideration that 20% of those are probably false and paid for? How does that end up working in your purchasing decision? I think that's just uh, ludicrous and crazy. And how can a company that's that large like Yelp, aside from the fact of their investments that they have from investors and how they're trading on the New York Stock Exchange, um, how profitable they are, but how long can that work? How can they turn that around? And I guess even coming further into that, Angie's List has not made any type of revenue whatsoever. Um, there's been large sales of shares by both the CEO of Yelp and also Angie Hickman in the past 30 days. Um, what does this speak of? What does this say in a lot of ways? They can't go backwards. They can't change the business model around 100%. Well, one thing that's interesting that's been part of this chatter, which always kind of mystifies me, but a lot of the conversation around reviews, fake reviews, et cetera, uses Yelp and Amazon, largely Amazon, but Yelp as well, as the gold standard. So nothing you know, nothing existed before that, and they're basing a lot of... Um, a lot of feedback, a lot of analysis on you know Amazon as the as the the gold standard and not identifying that it's fundamentally flawed. So uh, to answer your question, I don't know. I, I don't know if they can reverse course, but it seems like they've been done a good job of getting into people's brains that you know that's the the gold standard model that that works, even though it obviously doesn't. Well, it's wow. Hi. We just walked into a uh, into the safe room, <laughs> and we're here. Shut the door. Um, but we have two wonderful new co-hosts 
to add to the TM podcast. Actually, yeah. really three because I'm not technically. We have three. Yeah, not technically a co-host. Dario Shaneri, who is uh, the director of, of communications and public relations for Trademark and True Review, and uh, we have two other great guests that are, are now on staff here and uh, come from wonderful, established, well-rooted, solid backgrounds in social media and communications, and that is Mrs. Claire O'Brien. I can't say with the accent. Can anybody do that for me? O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> and Mrs. Oh, this is a hard German one to throw out. Kremsted. <laughs> Ashley Ronsted. Not to be confused with Ranstein, with Duhast. Willkommen. <laughs> so, um, you know, really that's my news is, and I think that's something to go into the week thinking about is, is this really beneficial? And um, if you head over to TrueReview.com forward slash blog, we did a recent podcast, and uh, we talked to... Um, uh, Christopher... Actually, there were... Well, we did uh, one Christopher last, Dietz. Yeah, Christopher Dietz, who is a developer. Well, no, you can't. You can't. That's, that's can't. His mom calls him that. you got to call I'm him... sorry, Chris. Chris Dietz. Chris Dietz. A developer that basically has successfully sued a... Well, uh, well partially successfully sued um, a former client that was slandering him online, claiming that he stole... Uh, jewelry from her, and he won at the state level in Virginia, but then it was overturned by the state Supreme Court, uh, citing the Communications Decency Act. Which and the outcome of the person, personal uh, litigation. Correct. Right, which, right. Is, which is pending. But, I mean, uh, uh, three-quarters of a million dollars was the result yeah, of and the fine, and Yelp's stance on that was you can log in and change your review, but really we own the review, so you really can't do much about that. Unless it's ordered by a judge. Unless it's ordered and, by a judge. And the, the saving grace for them, there, there are two interesting things there for me. One, the saving grace for Yelp is always hiding under this Communications Decency Act, which was an updated version from the original 1934 um, legislation. Uh, and as Dwight pointed out, a lot of cool things were happening with AOL in 1996. Yeah. Uh, so to give you some context, but... I think Chrysler had the Dodge Shadow, too, a convertible. It was a badass car. Um, so Yelp uh, has some, some safety under that, and this woman was uh, represented pro bono by the ACLU under the free speech, uh, under the guise of free speech. So as Chris pointed out in the podcast, you know, he incurred significant legal costs to try and represent himself. Um, only to lose, and uh, she was represented pro bono under free speech. So there's lots of interesting things here that really hurt small businesses, unfortunately. And I think we have to before uh, – Ashley's raising her hand. She wants to speak profusely here. But, uh, you know, before you, you jump into your, your dialogue here, Ashley, I think it, it needs to be stated if it hasn't already and it's not well known or it's not deemed to be heard uh, through this. I mean – we are the owners of TrueReview.com, and I think the premise of this is really not to bash Yelp and Angie's List and all these other online review sites, but really let's look at moving away from the aspect of just making money by selling directory listings and getting reviews and having that be more of a, uh, not loan sharking, but... Uh, extortion? Yeah, more of an extortion component, which is being cited for you know over five years now online. Yeah, and, 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 and Chris even made that reference as well, that he was... Uh, um, Felt very extorted. Yeah, that trying was, to get those reviews removed. Right, and he was approached by Yelp, and that's a common 
We've heard that a lot. So, I mean, really playing on the demise of business owners who either are not involved, don't care about it, but now they're starting to have their lives and their revenue affected, their families, their ability to pay mortgages and bills and employees, which Chris brought up as well. Yeah, he, the, Don't screw people over like that, man. The, that's, the, not, that's not cool. The one point that he that we kind of ended on with him that, that really stuck out to me, which is also very scary, is he said that you know, it might get to a point where some legislation will change, but that could take five years. And in that five years, you could put a lot of people out of business yeah. um, who's, who, because their business has been hurt, you know, negatively affected by online reviews or the inability to accurately defend themselves. And it's, it's a scary proposition. That so I think walking into the holiday season, because Ashley's starting to get agitated. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I think walking into the online holidays as consumers, we all need to think about uh, and take in consideration. If I'm looking for stuff online and I'm reading reviews, whether it be in Yelp, whether it be at Best Buy or wherever you shop online, it might be a personal site like Nordstrom or whoever. If there's a review system that's in there, how much of that has been gamed? If they're stating and citing 20% of those reviews on average are bad. Right. I mean, really, when you look at it from that perspective, it makes sense to go wait in line at 3 o'clock in the morning at Walmart to trample somebody for a $10 DVD player. I agree. <laughs> plus, it's part of the excitement of being there, right? It's giving back. The $12 beers at the Lions game. Thanksgiving. Ashley, please, don't, don't get mad. I don't want you to leave. Go on. I apologize for taking so long. Yeah. That's fine. Um... Some of the things you were going to be bringing up and talking about, because uh, now being on staff for eons um you have uh, a lot of things that you've been working on but a, a lot of good feedback and dialogue so wh- what's um, um more of what i was going to talk about was regarding websites and content online and uh search engine marketing and um it? people i think are often hesitant to hire seo professionals and that could potentially be the biggest pitfall of startup companies it is, and I think it's also a lot to do with them understanding what it is that they're buying um, and what defines an SEO professional and the rate that they're charging. Definitely. Um, but you're seeing startups are really not seeing that as an important aspect to add to their adoption rate or their adoption level I to mean, make money? Repeat the question? Or was it rhetorical? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say something about online reviews? Claire, it's her turn, and she's jumping in. Claire O'Brien. <laughs> um, so there was a consumer report study done a while ago, and they were comparing a lot of different types or a lot of different websites that do reviews. And I think one thing, the the really the only way right now to get a somewhat true review using all all of those types of websites is to just look at all of them because you will see that you know one thing gets an A on Angie's list and a one star on Yelp and you just sort of have to take all of them and average them yourself sure. because otherwise there's really you know if you look at one website you're going to get a totally skewed perception of what that thing is like right. product that would be a great business model if all of these different review sites that were out there one is you have sites that are businesses that may create a domain name and it might be onlinetoyreviews.com and all they're going to do is go in and pull API. They're going to connect to an API and pull in different feeds of reviews and redisplay them inside of their site mm-hmm. to aggregate and to actually put affiliate ads and advertising next to those so that they can turn and make revenue and right. seem that they're doing a consumer service and really what they're doing is lying in their pockets. The bad news with that is, okay, so Amazon and all of them could cut them off, but now they've already sucked in and displayed all of those reviews. And if a lot of those were fake, 
it starts to be repurposed all over the place. It's kind of like telephone back when we were in school. Once you hear a message and it starts to go around, you can't really control where it ends up at the end. You can't right. make that correction and the mm-hmm. perception that's already there. And, you know, I guess our psychological conscience is what was once we read or hear something negative, it's hard to move past that. Yeah. If there's something positive about it all. Yeah, I think it's I think negative reviews can be much more damaging than positive reviews can have the reverse can be beneficial. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. a great business if somebody could build a site and tap into all those APIs and there was some type of um, standard or there was some type of, I'm not going to botch this word, contasorum. Huh? Consortium. 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 <laughs> a consortium that everybody will abide by with, I guess, terms of service or um, uh, guidelines they would follow and agree to follow uh, on behalf of consumers and the general public where they would suck in all the reviews and then some type of algorithm internally would just normalize and give you the actual what this is. Although really it seems like, you know, when you're getting such a big difference when it's an A versus a one star, it's more just going to, everything is going to fall toward of sort of towards the middle because it's all going back to the star aspect because that Google, when they bought Zagat, they went from the one to 30 rating. And now they just recently, 30 or 45 days ago, went back to the five-star rating right. for okay. Google Places and, 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 uh, and for their business uh, aspect. So, Speaking of Yelp, though, we should plug the fact that people should go look at our Yelp page for trademark. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And, and watch our, our Hollywood. Watch our wonderful video. Hollywood production video. <laughs> that'll give you some insight. And as a disclaimer, we're doing this basically as a test. We're investing money as a test just to have proof in the pudding that Yelp really doesn't help a lot of businesses. And I'm really seeing, unless you are a restaurant or you're some high-end retailer, and a lot of times they don't even give a shit to high-end retailers. They have their own systems going. Um, Yelp's not going to do that much for you for the pay. And bonus, too, it didn't even load on my iPad. So yeah, well, <laughs> you might have to log on from a PC. Yeah, but um, we were courted by Yelp, went through the entire happiness. Um, they definitely had the Google type of attitude and atmosphere and the beautification of their voice and their pitch and their follow-up and all their other great shit. <laughs> Electrically signed a document uh, committing us to 12 months with very, very strict fines for early termination and then went through their complete automated process of, I don't give a shit, we're just going to complete what's obligated in our contract terms. And uh, we got this wonderful, I don't even know, it's... And a, a happy-go-lucky. Uh, happy-go-lucky third <laughs> bit. I never made it as much of anything, so I'll pick up a video camera and shoot video. And our account representative has effectively disappeared. Yes. Yes, absolutely. As of signing. Enough about reviews. I digress. Let's talk more with Ashley here and getting to some of her points because I can see I don't want her to get mad. It's a beautiful Friday in Detroit. Yeah. I don't want her to get mad. Don't want to upset me. Um, so what I was saying was just that these uh, new business owners are kind of failing to realize the importance of search engine marketing, and um, they kind of are hesitant to hire someone initially, and I think that they don't realize the importance until it's a little too late. So. Is it fair to say that it might be a little bit of I'll pay a little bit, get something, and then when I realize that it's not doing what I needed it to do or it's not obtaining, it's not giving me the value that I anticipated it to give me, um, I'm now in a situation where I've got to jump in. I've got to spend a lot more money on shit that I needed essentially in the beginning. 
Absolutely. Or they even go with the route of, um, I think, going with a cheaper provider in the beginning, possibly. And um, they, you know, that provider is uh, claiming to give them more than what they actually do give them in the end. Um, And uh, that's what, yeah, the deliverables. And uh, they end up having to hire someone more expensive to clean up the work. Which is, uh, yeah, does commonly happen quite a lot, quite a lot. So your emphasis in, in, in some of the research that you've done as of, of, as of late is to do your homework and uh, go through a rigorous interview process and spend the money invested early and track it, um, the success of it. And does that make, <clears throat> make complete sense? Sorry. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, and don't be penny-wise, dollar-foolish. Never. That's my two cents. Never. Mm-hmm. Well, Ashley, you did wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> no, sort of on the same page. I wanted to talk about. Um... We have to introduce you first. Oh, okay. Now coming to the mic is Claire O'Brien. <laughs> River <Yeah>. dance. <laughs> um, so anyway. Um, I just wanted to talk about um, sort of along the same lines of what Ashley was saying, how people often sort of forget about their website or forget about their content specifically. Um, Because something that I notice a lot, um, even just being on the computer more while I'm here, is that you go to a website and the last time it was updated or the last time the blog has a post, wow, echoing, Um, the last time the blog had, had a post was, you know, in 2011. And I think people think that once they're online, once they have a blog, you know, it makes them look good even if they're not constantly feeding it. But I think having a website is kind of like having a baby or having, like, my dog. Right. <laughs> it was really... A living, baby. beating heart. Yeah, yes. yeah. It was really yeah, particular. I, I see how they're similar. Um, and you just have to, like, you know, feed it, like, clean up its messes um, <laughs> to continue with this metaphor. <laughs> um, what does it look like when it throws up? Uh, Is that when you're site hacked? Yeah, I guess so. What about yeah. when you're deworming it? <laughs> <laughs> Since it's like a dog. Maybe, maybe we should do these on Monday. <laughs> probably. We probably could throw it about yeah. three minutes. <laughs> anyway, just to finish up, maybe I'll end the dog metaphor there. But, um, you know, I think you really have to consider when you start things. Um, you know, for instance, when you start being on Twitter, you start being on Facebook, that it almost looks worse to have you know, some, you know, tweeted last in 2007 than to just not have a Twitter account at all. And that, that kind of piggybacks the, the Pennywise dollar foolish thing because a lot of people think because it's easy to sign up an account, um, it's easy to maintain. They don't right. understand the time, A, the time needed to really maintain it, and then B, that you still have to have a strategy behind it. Uh, from a communications perspective, you can't just always repost and say the same thing. Right. Buy now, and we're having a yeah. sale. It's got to be a softer Check sale. us out. Yeah. Mm. It's got to be more of a conversation, and that frequently gets overlooked because yeah. it takes two seconds to sign up an account You know, with a, an email. And right. And but because you signed up, because you have your Twitter handle or you have your ID, there it is. Twitter's <laughs> here. Um, you have to use it. So yeah. it is like a, um, a treadmill desk. Or I, was wait, I was waiting for the analogy, which you know was going to come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did it to myself. You want the pill, or you want the weight? You want the uh, sustainable weight loss program? Um, 
you have to use it. And uh, that's a, a frequency that we do see uh, with um, some of the clients that we work with is that they've had a mild to half adoption internally of the usage. They have the tools in place or they don't have uh, continuity across all of their social media accounts, and then they're not spreading and talking about some of the awesome things that their business is doing, new products that they have, all that great stuff. Right. And, and uh, that's unfortunate. That's actually a good segue into what I was going to touch upon, uh, which was uh, press releases. And I came across an article talking about that Google now um, has labeled optimized links and press releases as link schemes, and um, pretty much saying that they'll no longer help your SEO value, according to Google. So this article I came across, the title was, With Little SEO Value Left, Are Press Releases Still Worthwhile? And that's frequently, um, you know, clients or companies, uh, individual businesses, whatever, will think that a press release is going to be their silver bullet to get press coverage. And much the same way with social media, it's not, you know, from a public relations perspective, you know, it's a process, not a product. Uh, came across that saying, which I think is great. Uh, you know, it's something that needs to be ongoing, and you can't just issue a press release. And even more so now, uh, that was frequent. What's going on over there? Nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was frequent. People would just put out press releases even when they didn't have hard news. To well, try PR, PR Web, I mean, he answered to that immediately right. and says, right. we're just going to do no files on all it. the links. Right, exactly. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of a dying tool. Um, in my opinion, it wasn't even that effective before. But, yeah. uh, you know, I guess rounding out the conversation on SEO and marketing and social media and consistency and all those good things. It's something, you know, that you need to pay attention to on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And then, sorry, go ahead. No, in a way it's kind of a good thing because press releases, I mean, on my budget are kind of expensive and if they're not really doing that much, you know, this article dived into dove into it a little bit, but it reinforced what we just mentioned about it being a conversation and, you know, back in the day when news, uh, you know, reporters got news via fax and yeah. the mojo. Yeah, in the morning. And no, that's what it was called. The, the fax machine when it first came out was called the mojo. Oh, six minutes per page or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go on. Okay. Stealing my mojo. <laughs> <laughs> but the, 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 there was a much more identifiable need and use of a press release. And obviously that's gone away because journalists can get information. Um, numerous ways, and, and PR people can also publish a lot of news for their clients, you know, multiple ways. So it's really kind of been flipped on its head. Yeah. All right. Um, I think also to add into that, it would be important to also kind of dive a little bit into a situation. Let's not name any names, but kind of backs up exactly working with a professional as, as opposed to working with um, independents. Is that not good? Hmm? Is that... Are we referring to something that happened to me? Uh, you know, it's, it's happened in this room. I have a friend. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Uh, the follow-up. I mean, making sure that you're working with a individual or you're working with a team that uh, can execute and does what they say they do when they're going to do. Yeah. I think that it's very important to have a schedule that everyone is on and that everyone knows about. Um, and just, you know... Use technology for good. Well, I think even, even go back to the old thing of assumptions. What does assumption spell? Makes an ass out of you and me. Yeah. So we can't have assumptions. Mother of all f ups. You cannot have that because then you can actually end up going into your your crisis issue as well. It, not necessarily a public crisis, but an internal crisis, 
And if you're a communications expert, but you're lacking in actually practicing communicating, communicating, <laughs> communicating that's, that's a pretty big issue. Yeah. Ashley's raising her hand. Sorry. Yeah, just to add to that, I think that um, having been at the bottom of the food chain for a while now, starting out in, uh, you know, work world, um, I think a lot of really important things sometimes fall through the cracks and get sort of picked up by the interns, like what I was talking about before with content. I think that there are a lot of things like, you know, what's on the front page of your website, which people don't want to write it so it doesn't get written, it doesn't get written, and then it gets passed down, down, down the food chain until... Someone who's not qualified to be writing it. Is sure, writing and it. that's that's been the death of a lot of online publications over the past 12, 18 months, 24 months in a large part. When, when AOL's plan was leaked and released internally about how they actually write content when they bought Huffington Post, and um, that whole integration happened. I mean, there's not many staff writers anymore. Everybody's on freelance. It's all about how am I making money? How am I yeah. writing something based off of trends, based off of trending topics and hashtags and keywords that is going to get attention because it all relates back to CPM and dollars yeah. and how they're making revenue and doing that. I mean, that was very, very crystal clear when you seen those internal memos that came out. So yeah. it will be junior staff people will be freelancers and I think you need to align yourself with a group that can show you they care as much about what it is that you do, what it is that you're selling, who you're speaking to as they say they do. Um, it's all proof in actions, just like uh, being in a relationship. It's true. So, with that... Let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> with that, uh, Ashley's going to round us up and we're going to close out the show. Perfect, Ashley. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Trademark Productions' weekly podcast radio show. Remember to submit your questions online at tmprod.com and subscribe to our newsletter and on iTunes. No copying of this can be reproduced without permission. Terms apply. Copyright TM Productions 2011. All rights reserved.